recorded live.
thanks once again in the name of our precious Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I am Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church, Kenston, North Carolina, USA. And I'd like to welcome you all once again to another edition of Teaching the Word. Where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. We just can't live without you, Jesus. There is no way. Just can't live without you. Just can't live without you. Just can't, just can't. Without you, just can't live without you. Just can't live without you, Jesus. No, just can't live without you. Just can't live without you. Just can't live without you, Jesus. Just can't live. Amen, amen. God bless you, children of God. We greet each of you once again in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ who was and is and is to come. We thank God for the privilege, the opportunity to be able to worship him once again in spirit and in truth. God has been very good to us, and we count it a privilege to be able to uh, worship him one more time. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know we are working on our most recent topic entitled, Every Child of God Must Know, K-N-O-W, Know, N-O. Every child of God must know, know. Know is a very powerful word. It's a word that will help keep you and I free from the wiles of the devil. We looked at capital A in our outline, recognize who is offering. Whatever you're being offered, uh, child of God, understand that everything is either coming ultimately from God or coming ultimately from the adversary or from spirits that have been alienated from God. We have a responsibility to discern and to hear from God as to who is offering. Titus chapter 2 and 12 Mark fifteen twenty three capital B, no weapon means no weapon. No weapon means no weapon. We thank God for everything he shared with us earlier today out of Isaiah 54 and 17. How did if we found out that if we are established in righteousness, God didn't say we had to be perfect. He didn't say we had to be established in perfection. But if we were established in righteousness, then there were a number of benefits that went along with being established in righteousness. And one of those benefits we come to find out was that no weapon formed against us shall prosper or prevail. So in the long run, whatever your enemies have cooked up against you is going to backfire. It's not going to work on you, and ultimately it's going to backfire on them because God has promised you and I that all things work together for our good, for those of us who love him and have been called according to his purpose. We're going to take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. Under capital B, no weapon means no weapon. Prepare to be blessed real good in Jesus' mighty name. You know, I just, on my way from the keyboard to position the camera, the Lord told me to tell his people, he said, some of you all are going to be very disappointed that you wouldn't give God a little bit of time out of your day. Just some, some of you are going to be very disappointed that you wouldn't give God a little bit of your finances. 
just something the Lord was just, just dropping in my spirit. God give us 24 hours out of the day. Many of us don't see fit to, to give even an hour to the Lord out of the whole day, 30 minutes to the Lord out of the whole day. Just something to be mindful of. Capital B, no weapon means no weapon. We're going to take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10 with a very special focus on verse 4. From the New International Version, the Scripture says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Capital B, no weapon means no weapon. Let us pray, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you today, Father, for, again, another beautiful day that you have gloriously and graciously allowed us to see. Forgive us, Father, of uh, anything that we have done in thought, word, or deed that has not been pleasing in your sight. We ask, Father, that you uh, start us afresh. Uh, Renew your mercies in us once again, your grace, uh, your compassion. We appreciate you so much, Father. We ask, Father, that as you speak to your servant, that he may speak to your servants. Give us something good, Father, from your storehouse of wisdom. We know that everything you do and everything you say is good and very good. We're asking now, Father, for your daily bread, that as your people tune in in the four corners of the earth, uh, you will bless them with a solid meal. We know that milk is for babes in Christ. They must eat, but we also know that meat is for the mature in Christ. Father, we're asking for a delectable feast of meat and milk this evening that your people may grow strong and fat in you. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Now, no weapon means no weapon. Now, it almost sounds contradictory that God speaks to us about fighting and then we're talking about no weapon. You know, even a fool would ask, what kind of fight is this if without no weapons? Well, God did not say no weapon. He said the weapons we fight with are not the weapons, what, of the world. God said, look, this is a, God said, look, didn't those demonic magicians teach you anything? Now, now the Lord is, is dealing with me on this. We had a link with demonic magicians. They were passing swords through individuals' bodies, passing uh, knives through individual hands, you know, really doing this stuff. Well, why? Because what these magicians do, now they're not going to tell you this, but what they do is they, they, get, in, they get in league with demonic spirits and, and, and uh, uh, powers of darkness. The Bible talks about them in, in Acts chapter 19, verse 19. They get in league with these demonic spirits, and these demonic spirits reveal to them some of the black art secrets. You know, a locked door doesn't stop a demon. Well, some of these magicians that have gotten in league with these demons, they temporarily have that secret, how to just pass right through 
solid objects, just like demons. Just like demons. Now, in watching that and understanding that, that, that demonic spirits are passing on some of their secret knowledge to their followers, why wouldn't God pass on a more powerful secret knowledge to his? So we are definitely fighting, but, but what those demonic magicians uh, should show us is that the weapons of these, this world don't work against them. Weapons of this world, does, uh, pulling out a, a, a gun in a supernatural fight is, is, is worse than bringing a knife to a gunfight. If you bring a knife to a gunfight, unless somebody shoots you, you got a chance if you can get to a joker. But the weapons of this world, you don't have a chance in spiritual warfare. I hope somebody's being blessed to see. You don't stand a chance. For though, look at verse 3. For though we live in the world, God said, look, I give you that. I understand that. That's a given. You live in the world. Though you live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Well, why? Because if we try to come at the world like the world wages war, we will get beat to death. We will get beat to death. God said, that's, that's not the way you fight. Now, if you try to fight like that, you're going to get beat to death. But God said, look, if you fight like this, you will be victorious over time. If we fight supernaturally, we will be victorious every time. Keep that in mind. Jesus was victorious when his enemies hung him on a cross. Jesus was victorious in death. Jesus was victorious in resurrection. Jesus was victorious when he was persecuted. Jesus was victorious when the religious leaders were planning all sorts of uh, 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 plots to kill him. Jesus lived a completely 100% uh, victorious life. Why? Because he always fought in the spirit. Some of us come out of the spirit, come in the flesh. We're ready to cut somebody. Oh, come on now. Let's do the same side. They don't try to act like, you know, we're too holy to cut somebody. Peter cut somebody. And Jesus told Peter, put your sword, what, back in his place. Jesus said, look, not that I'm telling you not to have a sword, because the word of God is the sword of the spirit. But Jesus said, look, your sword is not going to get it done. You can cut off everybody's ear or cut off everybody's head, and Satan will still be running around. You shoot everybody. You can go down to the, you know, that's what, that's what some of these jokers do. They mess around and get the devil in them real good, and they take their gun and go to their former occupation or go to the movie theater or go somewhere and just start shooting up everybody. Look, shooting up everybody is not going to stop Satan, and it's not going to stop demons. You can shoot up everybody, and demons still keep coming. One movie that carried a lot of truth in it, Denzel Washington movie called uh, Fallen. I don't know who was behind the scenes and, and, and providing them with information, but it was very close on how demonic spirits be working. And that basically what was going on in this movie, demonic spirit, one ancient demonic spirit was getting in various individuals and have them do all kind of atrocities. Then just about the time the person get killed or, 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 or have to pay for what they've done, demonic spirit leave them and go jump in somebody else. And that is what Satan and demonic spirits have been doing for a millennium. The same demonic spirits that Jesus cast into the pigs that caused the whole herd of pigs to run down the steep cliff and drown themselves, them same demonic spirits is just flying around now, 
seeking whom they may devour. Hope it ain't you. Hope it ain't me. You cannot kill demonic spirits. You can't. I can't. Even God has had to prepare a place for them for eternity. Because just like you and I are eternal beings, demonic spirits, Satan, demons, they are, they are eternal beings. They'll jump out of you or jump out of me and go right to the next. Same demonic spirits that was working at work uh, thousands of years ago are at work today. So God said, look, you can't jump, you can't jump off in a fight like that and think that you're going to do something with the weapons of this world. It won't work. They have The weapons of this world have hold no sway to demons. You know, you can mess around and pull out a gun on a joker. You know, you're out in the street, you know, things get a little, little hot, a little heavy, joker pull out a gun. whole lot of folk will back up. whole lot of folk will, will, will get scared. Demons don't. Demons, they're not afraid of that stuff. You pull out, mess around, man, pull out a, pull out an automatic weapon, man, a whole lot of folk will be running and scattering. Demons ain't running. They're not afraid of that stuff. God is not afraid of it. You know? Demons are not afraid of it. Because that don't work in, in the supernatural realm. Angel not afraid of of your gun. Demon is not either. Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with, weapons, plural. Understand that you don't have just one weapon in your Christian fight, and that's what it is. It's a fight. Weapons. Understand that your praise is a weapon. Understand that your worship. You think we coming down here, children of God, every morning just about and every evening just just to be doing something? Uh-uh. I understand it's a weapon. Some of you all out there under the sound of my voice, your marriages broke up because you wouldn't worship. Some of you all under the sound of my voice, you mess around and lost your mind because you wouldn't worship. Some of you all under the sound of my voice, you didn't get the promotion on the job because you wouldn't worship. Worship is a weapon. That's why the early saints had sense enough to do it every day. See, some of you all under the sound of my voice, you've never been in a natural fight, never been in a real good natural fight, so you don't understand the complexities. In a natural fight, the more stuff that you can do to your opponent to hurt him, the better advantage that gives you. Well, if I understand that my praise will do some damage to the adversary, let me sing some praise. If I understand that preaching and teaching God's word will do some damage to the adversary, let me preach it and teach it. If I understand that my, my, my prayer will do some damage to the adversary, if I understand that gaining a revelation from God hurts the adversary, my thing is, as a basketball player, I was going to get you. As a, as a basketball player, my thing was, look, you might stop these other four characters or you might do whatever, but I'm going to get you one way or another. What we got to understand, children of God, we got to get the adversary one way or another. We got to get the adversary now because I tell you, child of God, if you don't get the adversary, 
What? He will get you. Now, there it is. Your worship is a weapon. Your giving to the con to the church is a weapon. Some of you all don't know that out there. You think, ah, oh, man, all these preachers just want money. No, no, not all of them. Your giving, oh, what your giving does to the body to the church is it, it will cause God to touch men and women to give unto you. Some of you don't even realize that you have hindered your own blessings by not giving to the work of God. Why would if you look? Let me let me tell you something. Let me explain something to some of you, 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 you my brothers and my sisters out there. God is a business God. Make no mistake about it. We talk about being business women, business men. God is a what? Business God. He got a business. Just like Walmart. What's the name of Mr. Walmart? They run Walmart? Sam Walton. His business is Walmart, amongst other things. He done made so much money, he's in other things. God has got a business. And you say, Apostle, what is God's business? Now, I ain't, what is it? The bit, even Jesus, when they left him, in Jerusalem, and the family went on, they, Jesus, they came back, they were like, Jesus, why you stay here? Why you treat us like this? Jesus said, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house about my father's what? Business. God got a business. Now, if you don't, you say, Apostle, what is God's business? It's called the church. It's called the kingdom of God. It's called the people of God. So when you contribute to the church, when you contribute to the kingdom of God, when you contributing to the business of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Why? Because that's God's business. Now, if you don't support God's business, what makes you think God is going to support yours? Now, if that don't make it plain, Lord, God said, Robert, that should make it plain for him. We must, if you want God to support your business, if you want God to build your business, whatever your business is, that some of you all out there understand my voice, you're carpenters, bricklayers, some of you all out there, you're professional people, you're dentists, you're doctors, you're lawyers, whatever you are, makes no difference to me. Lord knows it makes no difference to me. What I'm telling you is that if you don't want, if you want your business to end up failing and crashing, then don't support God's business and watch. Watch. At, at some point, at some juncture, even if God got to let you do it all for the rest of your life and then get you, God going to get you. Because if we don't support God's business, at, at some point, God is going to see to it that our business will fail. Because what you, in essence, saying by not supporting God's business is you're really saying you hope God's business fails. That's really what you're saying. You need to understand what you're saying. God has instructed us. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. God uses men. God using men to preach his word. God using men to handle the affairs of the church and the earth. God used men. To, to, you think about the job you got. It was some man that signed off on you. Whatever job you may have or, that, or whatever job you didn't get, if you got out there under the sound of my voice, you applied for a job and you didn't get it, it's because some man or woman, what I'm talking about, it's some man or woman that didn't sign off on you. They said, no, we're not going to have him for whatever reason. And some of you out there, the reason is because you won't give to the work of God. So God is holding back things. You won't give God the desires of his heart, see, which ultimately is you, 
but it incorporates your finances, it incorporates your time, it incorporates your energy, it incorporates your gift. If you won't give God what he really desires, which is which ultimately you, what he'll do is he'll hold back your desires. He'll hold back something that you really desire. You know what I'm saying? Hey, God, God told the people, he said, you, you wonder why stuff ain't working out for you like you really want it to? God said, because of my business, my house, which you have neglected. God said, all right, so you're going to neglect my work. You're going to neglect my house. God said, okay, then let me neglect yours. What's the problem? Some of y'all out there, I'm wondering, what, what's the problem? What's the problem? What, what kind of problem can you have with God? You neglected what's important to him. He neglect what's important to you. What's the problem? You got a whole, whole lot of stuff that you want God to do? Well, God be sitting back saying, normally people that got a whole, whole lot of stuff they want to see God do, it's because there's a whole, whole lot of stuff God wants to see them do. People that be doing a whole, whole lot of what God wants, it don't be a whole lot of stuff they be wanting because they be like, God done done it. Don't be a whole lot. Not that it's not some things. Of course, we all have some things. But it be a whole lot of stuff. You be able to look around and say, man, there's a whole lot of stuff that God done done that I wanted him to do. God be saying, yeah, because there's a whole lot of stuff that you done that I wanted you to do. The Bible talks about how the word of God is like a mirror, children of God. And what do we use mirrors for? To show us ourselves, ultimately. To show us what's there. How many times have you had a booger on your nose, a booger in your nose, didn't even know it until you got to the mirror? Friends didn't even tell you. They just laughing. They just <laughs> you go to the mirror and you see what all the fuss is about. So a mirror shows us what God's word shows us. God's word will show us when we're doing just what God wants us to do. God's word will show us when we're not. God's word will show us when we're we right on point with God. God's word will show us when we're into something straight crazy. God's word, like a mirror. Mirror don't just show when you're looking good. How many times? Come on, not and God, we family. Let's talk now. How many times you've gotten a mirror? You knew you was looking good. You knew that dress was, was just right. Come on now, sister. Talk, man. Talk to the pastor. Now, how many brothers you know you put that suit on, man? You mess around and got that collar ironed down on that shirt and got that tie knot just right. And you, boy, you, you know, come on, we're family. But then, too, how many times that you had put something on? Come on now, boy. <laughs> and you knew you were looking straight crazy with that back there. And the mirror just showed it to you. You put it on, you thought you was right on point till you stepped in front of the mirror and said, my goodness, my goodness, is this clown day? Has somebody lit? Why? Because the mirror has showed it. So does the word of God. It'll show us when we're on point, and it'll show us when we are off point. Come on, saints. We've got to finish this message now. So what do we understand about the weapons of this world? What, 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 what do we understand right immediately? What I, I said about the weapons of this world. What about the weapons of this world? What do we understand about the weapons of this world? What do we understand about the weapons of this world? What kind of class is this I'm working with in here this evening? Somebody, what do we understand? The weapons of this world will not work in supernatural fights. All right. So that make it plain. The weapons of this world will not work in a supernatural. Why? Because they are natural weapons. Guns, bombs, chemical warfare, all, they're natural. They're natural. The war that we are in, children of God, is supernatural. 
To understand the war that you and I are in, children of God, is a war for the destiny or the destination of your eternal soul. Now, let me, let me say that again. The war that you and I are in is a war for the destiny, destination of our eternal soul. In other words, you and I are fighting to keep these souls out of hell. There's no greater fight that you're going to be in. So the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine or supernatural power. So there's so God said, look, Robert, there's two types of weapons. There's weapons that have natural power. Then there are weapons that have supernatural power. See, I don't care what the rule is for the world when I walk into a place. Because as children of God, we got a different set. That when, when grace gets poured out, all of that can be for everybody else. This extra piece of chicken is for me. The grace will do that for you. Grace will open you up to a whole no- see, 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 what, what? Grace will open you up to a whole nother set of blessings. You say, Apostle, what you got? Now, I'm going to have to give it to some of you all, because some of you all want to go by the, by the, 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 the rules of this, of this world. Joseph won't the only one in prison. But we don't read about Pharaoh bringing nobody else out. I'm sure the Egyptians had a process involved in bringing prisoners out, just like we got a, a process in the United States. You, you, know, you, you know, you can't just, and, and everybody, your mama can't come down to the police station and let my son out, let my baby out. He's a good boy, booting, booting. Ain't nobody trying to hear that. But President Obama or the governor, the governor can come in to turn that boy free. Your mama, your whole family, your whole family can come down there with family reunion T-shirts on, Black Lives Matter, and what they'll do is lock, keep your black hand part still in prison. But the governor, I'm talking about power. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, so what we understand is that as children of God, our father is God. Everybody else pay that price right there. But as children of God, let us hear what God going to let us have it for. Come on now, I shouldn't even have to explain that to some of you Christian summer saints around here. Everybody else paid $100 for that particular sweater, that particular brand name of sweater. And we had one saint around here, one of the other brothers came by the visit and said, man, how much you pay for that right there? $5. Everybody else stay in prison, but I'm hearing the, the jailer say, Joseph, uh, yes, sir, come on out. You are free. No matter how many years you've been in here, no matter what, what how, how many people feel like you ain't served enough time, no matter how many people, there was somebody that had the power to set Joseph free. I'm here to let you to know, child of God, that there's somebody in your life that has the power to set you free from sin, to set me free. Talking about supernatural what? Weapons. So there are natural weapons and then there are supernatural weapons. 
when you are, listen out there now, because some of y'all, some of y'all, when you are operating with the supernatural weapons of God, the Bible says nothing shall be impossible for you. Right, some of you all laugh at me around here. Every time we get one of them jackpot giveaways at the at the car dealership, hey, come on down. You may have won, you know, $50,000. You may have won flat screen TV, or you may have won uh, $2, two gold coins. And I, every time I get it, I be I go down there, and uh, they be like, how can I help you, sir? I be like, I come down here to claim, the, you know, the $50,000 jackpot. Oh, well, let me see, sir, if you want. You know, and they take it, go check the numbers. They be like, no, sir, you didn't win, but here's your $2 in gold coin. Some of the saints be just a laughing. Just a laughing. Look at him. Come down here talking about $50,000 jackpot. He got $2. Better way you going to go with that $2. That's all right. That's all right. Because one day they're going to call me down there. I'm taken by faith. And, Mr. Bryant, you, let me double check. You have won the $50,000 jackpot giveaway, Mr. Bryant. Everybody's going to be smiling and snap on snap a picture with me with a great big check. And I'm going to be looking just as stupid as I possibly can. Because uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to get just as stupid a look on my face as possible. Because I'm going to be like, what took you all so long? I've been expecting this jackpot giveaway for, I know, 10 years right now. Come on, Saints. Super, but keep this in mind on all serious note. Supernatural weapons will have you and I operating on a different on a different playing field. Supernatural weapons, when you operating with supernatural weapons, you'll have they'll have you operating on a different level of blessings. I heard it said, and there's a lot of truth in it, that favor ain't fair. It ain't always fair. It's not always. It's not always. So on the contrary, what, what Paul said, look, let me show you the difference between what, what natural weapons can do and what supernatural weapons can do. You go in there with natural weapons, want to, want, you know, I, I never forget the two church vans we had picked up many, many years ago. We were on our way, whole church, big convoy, everybody, we going to uh, Durham. Big convoy, all the saints all loaded up in all kind of cars. And I saw them do two Dodge vans. They were like twins, white with red, white, and blue stripe on them. They were twin vans. Lord was like, go in there. Pulled over. Pulled over there. All the cars had to pull in. Everybody had to pull in. What in the world is Pastor doing? I went there to talk to the man. Time I finished with him, you know, he had one, one price on the windshield. All that went out the window. Before I finished up with him, he, tears was streaming out of his eyes. He was reaching in his pocket, giving me money to put some, some gas in there. Then we end up taking one of them vans, end up leaving the car, leaving the cars there on his lot, and drove the van to the, to the destination. My question is not how much uh, they have put on the item to sell it for. My question is how much is the Lord telling you to give to me for? How much is the Lord? Hold, hold. Let, me, let me hear the Lord's price. See, you might have put $15,000 on that vehicle, and the Lord might be saying, for this, my child, $3,000. Here's $3,000 for you. But it says $15,000. It say What did God say? See, that's what I'm waiting for. Supernatural weapons, natural weapons. Look at the difference. So the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Well, what is strongholds? Strongholds is that that the devil, his angels, his people done set up 
done put it in stone. This is the way it's going to be. This is how it's going to go down. Ain't nobody going to change it. God come in right there's a nonsense. God come right in it's nonsense. There are some children that have been labeled by man with certain types of disabilities, certain types of this, can't do that, can't do that. Holy Spirit come in and say, nonsense, that boy is healed. There are certain sicknesses people have had. The doctor told them, I remember once a great woman of God, my spiritual mother, is internally bleeding, bleeding out on the inside. Doctor said they couldn't stop it. Family all crying, everybody all shook up. Uh, Miss uh, 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 Prophetess Powell told a friend of mine, said, go get Jake. Tell him to come and preach me out of this hospital. Doctors didn't know what to do. They threw their hands up. She was bleeding internally. Couldn't stop the pain. I bust in there, and we started rejoicing in the Lord and, and the prophesying and praying and rebuking spirit. Blood dropped up. She left the hospital the next day. What were you talking about? Who? Who? God said, I'm the one that made these bodies, and I can fix them any time I want to. God said, Robert, you need to understand, that what you can't do, I can do. God said, Robert, that that you might not say, God said, I'll say. God said, that that you don't have power to overturn, God said, I can overturn it. The next day, left the hospital. Doctors didn't know what to do. Oh, they contacted me one time. Uh, uh, Apostle. My grandmother has had a stroke. She won't walk again. She wanted, want you to go by the hospital. And this is where the Lord had to get me because I didn't listen. Went by the hospital the first time. They had the woman tied down. You know, she couldn't talk. I was like, command her in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. I started loosening the straps instead of following the instructions. See, that's what another thing, saints, following the instructions is important. I started loosening the straps. Nurse walked by, hey, hey, what are you doing? Who are you? I got scared, backed up. I was like, man, I don't want these people to get me down here. Ended up leaving. Lord was on me all the way home. Didn't I tell you to command her in the name of Jesus, get them woke? I'm like, Lord, I don't want these. And I'm going to tell you, I'm, we family, I was like, Lord, I don't want these white folks to get me down here. I'm down here doing all this. Got home. Lord was like, what is wrong with you? Didn't I tell you I had to get back in the car and go back to the hospital? Went in there again. Lord said, command her in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. I started loosening straps again. Another nurse walked inside and went, wait, who are you? What are you doing? I said, look, I said, are you a believer in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? She said, yes, I am. I said, today you're going to see a miracle. Loosen the straps. I said, I command you in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. The little lady stood up. Started walking around in the room. I looked at the nurse. She had bust out, started crying. Old lady walked around in the room, walked out the door, started walking down the hall. Doctors come running from everywhere. I slipped right on into the elevator and got right on out of there. Our God is still a miracle-working God. I don't care what none of y'all say. I don't care. Hey, listen, you're dealing with men don't even care what you say. What you say? If it ain't in line with the word of God, that nonsense is going to come down. What the Bible say? That, that supernatural weapons have the power to demolish strongholds. See, some of y'all out there, I don't believe in no miracles. You know what? I don't even care. Let me, let me, let me make, see, some of y'all got this thing all backwards. Some of y'all maybe been dealing with pastors and, and bishops that, that care. I don't even care. See, I know what our God can do. 
and it's nothing you can say, nothing I can say that will change that. God can do anything he wants to, anytime he wants to, for however long he wants to. Even with our imperfect, God said, even with your little imperfect self, Robert Brown, I can still use you. I want to encourage you, child of God, under the sound of my voice. With your imperfect self, God says, I still have need of you. I can still use you. Your car don't have to be perfect to get you to work, but you still jump in it and drive. Why would you think that you got to be perfect before God can use you? Your house ain't perfect. You live in it. Your clothes ain't perfect. You put them on. We understand using stuff that ain't perfect. God said, I use stuff that ain't perfect every day. I use people that ain't perfect every day. Oh, we about done now. Oh, we about done. Some of you all understand my voice. You don't want to do what God, what you know God is telling you to do because you keep right on talking about your imperfections. Don't you know God know your imperfections better than you? Child of God, you have been equipped to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. In other words, all that nonsense that's not in line with what God say. Ain't no, listen, ain't nobody thinking about that mess you're talking about. I ain't even thinking about that mess I'm talking about that's not in line with what God say. Even the aspects of my life where I ain't doing what God say, I know that mess is coming down. I'm going to do what God say. Everything that is not in line with God's word, child of God, in our life, it's going to come down. I said, what? It's going to come down. Look at what the Bible says. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Just because a stronghold ain't demolished in your life yet, child of God, that don't mean it won't be. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. See, there, uh-uh. Uh, Holy Ghost hitting home now. You know, Apostle, I'm still struggling with this. I'm still struggling with that. Yeah, me too. But it's going to come down in the name of Jesus. It will be demolished. In the name of Jesus, we demolish arguments. We demolish every pretension, everything that set itself up against the knowledge of God. We demol- that mess is coming down. We're knocking that mess down. It, 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 now, possibly it ain't down yet. No, it might not be, but it's coming down. It's coming down. And we take, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We have a responsibility, child of God, to bring our thoughts under subjection to Christ. See, until you bring your thoughts under subjection to Christ, you will never bring your body under subjection to Christ. Until you bring your thoughts under subjection to Christ, you'll never bring your your mouth under subjection to Christ. Why? Because the battle, the warfare, is in unseen realms. It's in our mind. The battle is you will either win the battle of, of sin or the battle against the forces of darkness in your mind, or you will lose it in your mind. We take captive. Now look at this. This is our responsibility. When you take something captive, that means you grab it from just running free. 
you know, in, in ancient Israel, sometimes they would go in and they would take captives. You know, foreign nations and different things. They there was rules and laws concerning taking a captive girl. You couldn't just take a captive girl and just do any kind of thing. You could do a whole lot of things to her. You could just do all kind of things to her. There were certain rules. And you know, took that captive girl. I'd be like, you can do that right there. Yeah, that's all right. But don't we, hold up now. That's a little freaky right there. Wait, wait, wait. There were rules concerning taking care. Well, understand, children of God, we all have the responsibility to take thoughts captive. Captive. Grab that thought. Don't just let it run free. Don't let it just run free like that right there. We take captive every thought. Why? Because we've got to make it obedient to Christ. You gotta make it be obedient to Christ. Now, what God keeps flashing in my mind is them, them animals down at SeaWorld. It's one way a killer whale be behaving when he be out in the wild. Once they take that character captive, now he's doing a whole different thing at SeaWorld. Oh, he's jumping through the hoops now. He's riding the diver on his nose. He jump up on the thing, get some fish. Oh, he's doing all kind of stuff that he wouldn't normally be doing. Well, that's the same thing when we take captive. When we take captive our thoughts. That thought in the wild, man. See, well, uh, uh, Killer Whale be doing all kind of stuff, just wild stuff. Well, when we don't take our thoughts captive, we be thinking all kind of wild stuff, planning all kind of wild stuff, uh, you know, putting together all kind of wild. When we start taking that stuff captive, now we can only be doing stuff as the master desire. And that's what happened with the whales at Sea World. Now they they can't just you know them jokers can't just be doing all kind of things. What does the you know? The, the, the sea world master say now. What does the sea world master say? Take all kind of animals captive. See? Horses. That's a part of breaking horses. Man, horses in the wild, man. They ain't nobody they ain't trying to hear that. You riding them and got a saddle all on them. Man, ain't a horse. That's why you got to break them. That's why them, they be bucking. Bucking. Cowboys, get on them. What they trying to do? Break the horse's spirit and bring the horse under subjection to the master. That's what God trying to do with me and you. Break that crazy spirit. That wow, untamed. Do what I want to do. Go where I want to go. Say what I want to do. Like, break that foolishness up, man. What you do is what I tell you to do. What you say is what I tell you to say. Where you go. And as long as, and as, long as you keep bucking the breaking process, you're only going to end up hurting yourself. It's a breaking. You say, Apostle, what you're driving at, what you're telling me. I'm telling you God wants to break your stubborn hind part. He wants to break my stubborn hind part. Just like a cowboy. Why do you think cowboy got them spurs? Why do you think cowboy be digging up? Because they, why they, man, horse be throwing cowboys, just a bucket. Get off me. Get off me. Let me be free. This is how some of y'all do in Christ. Don't even know it. Let me be free. Let me do what I want to do. Let me go where I want to go. Let me say what I want to say. And God be keep right on. You buck him off. He keep right on. Get right on your back and stick them stirs in you again. Because <laughs> you're going to be broken. One way or another. Hell is just a big breaking pit. Big breaking pit. You just you just won't gonna let you won't gonna submit to God in life. God said, no problem. Get on down there. Let's warm the temperature up for you a little bit. See how that'll do you. How that do you? That's all right. No, it ain't all right. Well, it won't all right if you be uh, okay right on bucking me in life. So now you get on down there and stay right there. That's all hell is. You can either take your thoughts captive, or your thoughts will take you captive. One way or the other, there's no middle ground. You either get your thoughts under control 
or your thoughts will bring you under their control. Make the thoughts obedient to Christ or the thoughts will make you obedient to Satan. You, and the key word in all this is you. You either make your thoughts obedient to Christ or you will cause your thoughts to make you obedient to Satan. But it always goes back to you, me, us. And Paul says, we're going to be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Part of what gets and keeps us on the straight and narrow as children of God is punishment. Punishment is not a bad thing in and of itself. God is one made punishment. God is the one that instructs in punishment. It helps keep things straight. Can you imagine our society if nobody had to go to jail? Can you imagine our society if there was no punishment? People could just, what was that movie where people could just do anything they want for 28 hours? 44 hours? What was it? 24 hours? What was that? Purge. Can you imagine? Just joke it, just see you, just rape you, just so. <laughs> joke it, just see you. You know, just shoot you in the head, just so. See, the reality is, you know, for 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 you got a certain segment of the population that want to try to act like they don't want no laws and they don't want no order. Well, see, my thing is, for you jokers like that right there, why don't you take yourselves right on out in the middle of the woods somewhere or the middle of the desert and set you up a, a society just like that right there? If you're really so big on no rules, no laws, why don't all y'all get yourselves together and go right on out somewhere and have you a lawless society way out in the middle of somewhere? See how long that lasts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you really don't want no, but nah, nah, that's like, you know, that's like telling the adversary, look, if you don't really don't want no parts of God, you really don't, why don't you just go and carry yourself right on the hill? He ain't going to do that. Because what he wants to do is right, be right in the midst of God's people so he can do his craziness. He ain't trying to – look, Satan don't throw himself into hell. Just like people that end up in hell. They don't throw themselves – ain't nobody going to dive in hell. One of the Bible says God is the one that cast them into the lake. And the devil who deceived them was thrown, Revelation 20 and 10, was thrown into the lake of fire and burning sulfur. You know, I don't see jokers thrown in the pool. Oh, man, growing up, man, we'd be at the pool party, hanging out. Man, let's go get that gal right there, throw her in the pool. Man, she'd be fighting like a mug. Ain't nobody stuck in that mess. One got your arms, one got your feet. One, she'd be, no, don't y'all throw me. I just got my hands up. Two, God, you throw me in this wall like a three. Kabloosh. Nobody's listening to that stuff. That's how God's going to be when we come down with jokers going in hell. Jokers going to be hollering, Lord, I oh, no, see, I was wrong. Oh. God, one, God, don't you throw me in this hell if you're going to two. Ain't nobody, Lord, I, I'll serve you now. Three, kaploosh. Nobody listening to that stuff. You better get on in this hell. Or save yourself. You got time now to do something about it. Because one of the punishments of hell, and one of the things about the punishment of hell is you got the rest of eternity to think about the time in life that you wasted and didn't use it wisely to get right with God. 
That's what Abraham told the rich man. He said, son, remember in your lifetime. Remember in your lifetime. You received your good things while Lazarus received his bad things. Now he is comforted and you are in torment. You've got all eternity to think about how you just wouldn't do what God wanted you to do. you got now all eternity to think about how you just went contrary to God every chance you got. Now you got all eternity to think about how you wouldn't study God's word and you wouldn't listen to his apostles. You wouldn't listen to his prophets. you got all eternity to burn, to cook, to smoke, to fricassee, to, 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 to re-rotisserie. Then think about that mess. One of the saints is laughing at him. Fricassee, that's right. There'll be all sorts of ways of cooking jokers in hell. You know how you can do chicken all kind of different. You can deep fry. You can put it on the stick and twirl it around over fire. All that's going to be going on. All kind of different ways. So, no weapon. No weapon of this world. That's what we're talking about. No weapon means no weapon. No weapon of this world is going to work in supernatural fight supernatural war. No weapon. You can't intimidate Satan. You know? You can't bully Satan. Really, a lot of the stuff that God wants us to be like in righteousness, Satan is like that in sin. A lot of the stuff. You ain't going to just beat Satan any kind of way. God won't us. Remember, Satan had had characteristics that, if used for the good, would be very admirable. Very admirable. If used for the good, if he would use some stuff for the good. He's tenacious. He's diligent. He's hardworking. Nah, I ain't trying to praise the adversary or nothing, but we, we, you know, understand that if those same characteristics, that's why a lot of times people that were the, and the most terrible of jokers in sin end up coming into the Christ and, and, and doing some of the greatest work. Why? Because a lot of those characteristics that they were using in darkness and that the adversary was getting them to use, now they're using them same characteristics in the kingdom of God. Is hard work good or bad? Hmm? Everybody say good? Are you sure? Are you sure hard work is good? What about you hard working as a as a uh it depends. That's all you gotta say. It depends. Hard work is good, it depends on what you're hard working at. One of the things is saying hard worker selling dope on the corner, so hard work selling coochie. Man, you got some prostitutes hard working selling coochie. It depends. What you use. Is tenacity good or bad? It depends. If, is persistence good or bad? It depends. Is a habit good or bad? It depends. Stuff depends on how it's being used. Is a gun good or bad? It depends on how it's being used. Is a person's mouth 
good or bad? God said it depends. How's it being used? Is a man good or bad? I know some of you women out there think all men is dogs. No, no, not all. It depends. How's he being used? Who's using that man? Who's using that woman? Some of you all out there think all teenagers is rebellious. No, it depends. All teenagers is bad. It depends. Has that boy been brought up under the subjection in the under the subjection of the Lord? Has he had him a good share of hound pine part whoopings when he been acting like a fool? If not, he he can, he might be a good boy. It depends. It depends. Why do you think the United States here we got just as many nuclear weapons as we want? Well, we countries like Iran, countries like North Korea, we like no, nah, no, nah, no nukes, no nukes. Why come? Because we we don't because we don't like the leadership. We don't want nobody to have a nuclear weapon that we think might drop it on our head, <laughs> fire it on us. America, we got just as many nukes. We got enough nukes to destroy the rest of the world about 14, 15 times over. At least that's what they tell us. But yet, when a North Korea or Iran or whoever else the country is that that won't the who that that won't do things just like we want them, we're like, uh, uh-uh. uh. You say, Apostle, what you driving at? We one of the biggest bullies in the world, United States. I love the place, now. Don't get me wrong. Don't let me all get me wrong. Don't mess around, come and snatch me out in the middle of the night and put me send me to Africa or somewhere. Let me go by choice. We still, I still say, the greatest country. That I've ever been in, but we also one of the biggest bullies in the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> if nuclear weapons was just bad, I can hear North Koreans and Iranians and different countries that we fighting so hard to keep. Well, there's, I'm hearing them saying, "Well, then why don't y'all get rid of yours, United States?" What gives you the right to have them, and we can't? That, in essence, is what a lot of these countries is, is saying, because what it is is hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy. We don't want you to be able to challenge our authority. That, in essence, we don't want you to be able to challenge our dominance. That, in essence, is what we're saying. And see, what you got to understand and what many of us in this country have to understand is that some things that we hated of Britain when we broke free and just didn't want, that's the same thing that a lot of these countries around the world are saying. Well, no bigger terrorists than our, than our, our founding fathers. Jokers tearing up teeth it won't dares. Jokers fighting it ready in a minute's notice. They're doing all kind of stuff that the British didn't want done. See, when, when, when one group do it, we call them revolutionaries. We call them uh, patriots. We call, when another group do it, call them terrorists. Some of the same stuff that al-Qaeda, some of the same stuff that ISIS, some of the same stuff that some of these groups is doing is the same stuff that our founding fathers did to form this country. Remember, we was a colony that broke free. Didn't want to be a colony no more. Didn't want to listen to, to England no more. Well, a lot of these countries saying we don't want to listen to the United States no more. That's basically what Saddam Hussein said when he starts selling selling oil and come off the off the petrol off the dollar and start selling his oil in euro. United States, no, you ain't gonna do what you ain't gonna do is that. Wait, man, you you saying that no no more U.S. dollars? You gonna 
cut us all the way out and sell your oil on the euro. Uh, come in there. We're gonna. We're not gonna have that. Not to, not to mention what uh, what was your boy in Libya, Gaddafi. What what he really did to upset the United States. Never mind all that stuff. They be a lot of time. They be telling you the news. What do these characters really do. One thing about power, children of God, that you that you got to keep in mind. Most times when people get in power, they really don't want to come out in power. One of the saints is saying they don't want to relinquish that now. Disappearance. All right. Power can be more addictive than any drug that you've ever seen. And this is why, you know, this is why children of God, the beauty of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit, the more powerful you become in him or the more he manifests his power through you, the greater your unction will be to serve. It's the strangest thing I've ever seen. Jesus' disciples even had gotten into some power squabbles. I'm going to be the greatest. No, I'm going to be the greatest. I'm gonna... Jesus said, look, whoever wants to be the greatest among you, he must be the servant of you all. That's one of the ways you can really tell whether an individual is really the power of the Holy Spirit is working through him or is it a satanic earthly work. When the power of the Holy Spirit starts working, working through a man or a woman, or they, they all, they'll be compelled to serve. Be like, what in the world? They'll be doing the most menial of tasks. People have to come and stop them. No, no, no. A lot of times, you know, I've been in countries and different things, you know, and, you know, everybody be finished eating. You know, apostle is here, apostle is here. You know, they won't treat me like, like I'm some kind of king or something. Everybody finish eating. I jump up and start grabbing the, 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 the plates or whatever and take them. No, no, apostle. No, no, you don't do that. No, no, we, somebody got that. Hey, girl, come here. Somebody here. But when the Holy Spirit, he will compel you to serve. There are certain things the Holy Spirit will compel you to do. He'll compel you to give. You'd be like, man, why in the world am I? The Holy Spirit, he'll compel you to serve. He'll compel you to pray. He'll compel you to worship. He'll compel you, man, to praise God. I was in there early, early today just thanking God. You know, my back was feeling better and different things. I was... Feeling, I was feeling good. Lord said, get in prostrate. Get out prostrate. I fell right down, knees down, head down, hands up. Lord, thank you. Just thank you. He'll compel you. You'd be like, man, I don't want to do that. Lord be like, do it. Okay. Lord be like, look, I want you to do this right here. Man, Lord, I ain't trying to do that. Lord be like, do it. Okay. He'll compel you. Go, he's right. He's telling us the best thing. Basically, what God trying to produce in you and I is good boys and good girls. You think about a good boy. You know, you got a son or a daughter or a niece or a nephew or somebody that's a good boy. What do basically a good boy do? What you ask him to do? You ask him to do something, he do. That's a good boy. Be like, that's a good boy. And then some of you all know, you got some of your, some of your family kids, 
You know that your sister kid, them two, three children. He thinks she ain't doing a thing with them hooding children. <laughs> I go stop. I go stop. You know she ain't doing a John Brown thing. She must have had them children when she was high. You know what did Bernie say? I ain't going into that. So saints, let's keep in mind. All right, no weapons mean no weapon. No weapon formed against you and I are gonna prosper, and no no natural weapon is gonna work in the supernatural fight. You can't move with God trying to trying to move in the natural. You got to move on into the supernatural. You got to move. You got to fight with the supernatural. Father, in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, we thank you this evening, Father, for everything that you have shared with us. We pray that your perfect will has been done. Your perfect will has been heard. Your perfect will will be manifested in the lives of your people in the four corners of the earth. Father, I thank you for the saints whose hearts that you have not only touched to support this ministry and to help uh, your servant with the work you have called him to do, but who are acting on the unction. For we understand that it is not enough to be unctioned by you to do something, but that we must do it. Just as you have told us in your word that faith without works is dead. Well, I pray, Father, that you will uh, send me more workers uh, that the work that you have called us to do, it won't be uh, a strain, it won't be a burden, but we will uh, share the workload and um, please you uh, in the process. These and all other blessings we ask and we count done. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen and amen. Three good ones? What's the first one? What's that? All right, name name five spiritual weapons. That's a good question. Number two. All right, what does punishment what? What does punishment do? What what is the main purpose? What is one of the main purposes of punishment? That's a good question. What is one of the main purposes of punishment? And number three, uh, explain why explain the difference between what natural weapons can do, and what spiritual or divine weapons can do. Explain uh, the difference between what natural weapons can do and what spiritual or divine weapons can do. Amen and amen. Saints, you can reach us through email at thechristensernchurch at gmail.com. Check out our website at www.ourchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 a.m. 7 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444 and enter ID 17959. On Spreecast, type in Robert Bryant on YouTube and the Christensen Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our talk show homepage.
God bless you and heaven smile to you. In Jesus' name, amen.